This episode of Steel City Sports Talk is brought to you by Charlie Brown's Airport Parking. At Charlie Brown's, they have the lowest prices with the best customer service. Once you arrive there, there's always a shuttle to take you to the airport, so you never miss your flight. When it's time for you to come back, there's always a shuttle ready to pick you up at the airport and take you back to the lot. Now, now let's talk customer service. Charlie Brown's is the best by far. Whenever you arrive, back of your car is running and ready for you to go home. And that sure is nice for this cold days like today. Remember, whether you're traveling with your family or traveling for work, Charlie Brown's is always ready to take you to the airport. To make a reservation, call them at their phone number, 412-262-4931. Again, that is 412-262-4931. Or make a reservation at their website, charliebrownsairportparking.com. Charlie Brown's Airport Parking where real Pittsburghers park their cars. And we are underway. We are broadcasting to you from our remote Pittsburgh studios, north of the Steel City of Pittsburgh, PA, with episode 12 of our podcast, Steel City Sports Talk. My name is Alex Brown. And I'm Ryan Berry. And together, we are your hosts for this podcast. First up on the agenda today, we're going to be talking about the Pittsburgh Steelers' disappointing loss versus the Bills, 26-15. They didn't really show any problems that whole entire game, and it was just a boring game to watch. It did all. The turning point was uh, the pick six at the end of the half. That, that's just when most people knew that Steelers might not come back in this game. I I think it really changed when they got when the Bills came down the field and got the touchdown at, uh, on their first drive of the second half. That was big. That was a big change, and there was no shot that the Steelers could come back because they couldn't move the football. Uh, big Ben, no, he didn't have a good game at all. He was he was not good at all. He had he was twenty one to thirty seven for one eighty seven. Two touchdowns and two interceptions. It's just unacceptable. It's and every pass that he completes, I feel like it's he th- throws it across the line of scrimmage, and then we run it. I mean, and then we, I mean, then the receivers try to run and make a move, and that's not how we win football games. You got to throw the ball downfield, take shots, or at least throw it 15 yards down. That's what you got to do to win football games. I think it's either Ben can't do that, or Fitner is taking it away from him. I think it's more that Ben hasn't been able to do it the last couple weeks. I don't know if it's because of the knee. I don't know if that he doesn't want to hold on to it because he doesn't want to get hit, but it's one of them. And I think we got to take, start taking shots downfield when it comes to these dire situations and establish the run game more. If we can't run it, he's just going to get hurt. It, it, definitely. And the longest pass play was for 20 yards to Juju Smith-Schuster. And when your longest pass plays 20 yards and your quarterback is averaging as he has a lot for, I believe, for the almost every game this season, five yards of pass – you're not going to win football games. You're just not going to win football games. It's unacceptable. It's unacceptable uh, play from your from your quarterback. And if that's the if they keep that up, there's no way that they're going to beat uh, they're not, beat Cleveland in a couple at the end of the season. Let alone let alone uh, the Chiefs in the playoffs. That's interesting. That interesting that you brought that up, Alex, because because I, because uh, we beat them thirty-five to seven the first time we played them. And now we're talking about them maybe just losing to them. The difference between that game and what's going on now is we were able to run the football. 
Yes. And now we can't. Yes. And you see, when you stop being able to run the football, everything changes. James, and they didn't give them really a shot to run the football. There was not a shot given by Randy Feekner, the offensive coordinator, to have them run attempts. the ball. James Conner had 10 attempts. Grant, he was bad in those 10 attempts. But, I mean... They were all bad. I mean, there there are injuries on the offensive lo- offensive line. Matt but, Filer's out for for till at least the playoffs. But those guys need to get together and start pounding the ball more, and let's get the running game going against the Cincinnati Bengals, who don't have a good run defense or a good pass defense in general. So let's test it out against them. Try different types of things. Like I said the other week, try to use Derek White. You're paying him over a million dollars. You're just using him for special teams. Use him for more than just special teams and see what it works. Just find out what works because what they're doing right now isn't working. And it, how they play gives me concern for the future, Ryan. Big Ben, how many more years does he have? Maybe another year, next year maybe? And then, like, I don't know how much more he has. How much do you think? Well, one thing I want to say, I mean, he hasn't played good these last couple of games. But he played great. I'm not writing him of off. Yeah, I'm not writing him off. I'm not writing him off. I know you're not. That. I'm just saying, but that, that I know looks like an old Ben. He looked old. I know you're not, but a lot of people are writing him off. He, uh, every quarterback goes through dry spells at some point in their career, goes through a couple bad games. Within a se- even within a season, they have a bad game or two. Drew Brees has him. Philip Rizzo's had him when he's fine. Andrew Locke had him. He still has him. Patrick Mahomes sometimes has him, too. He threw, like, four interceptions last, three yeah. interceptions last mm-hmm. game. So, don't write off Big Ben. We'll see what he comes back this week. He said, don't hit the panic button. Let's take a breath, relax, and then get back to work. Yeah, after he after he said he, after he said I should just hang up my boots after like after the game on Sunday. So I mean, he he has a different uh, I don't know what you'd call that different spells and personality after games. I think he, he was just to, frustrated I mean, after definitely that. Definitely frustrated. Uh, Deontay Johnson to start the game had a drop. I mean, once you saw that first drive, you knew it was going to be a rocky day on offense. Probably you probably could assume. Raymond McLeod has a horrible, horrible take out of the end zone. He had a bad game, a really bad game returning punts and kicks. Horrible. And then uh, Johnson had two drops. Ebron had a drop. Mike Tomlins, whose credit, took them out of the game for certain spells. But do you know who is really absent? And this has been concerning over the past couple weeks. It's Chase Claypool. He's not on the field that much. Yeah, Why do you think that is? Yeah, Alex, remember when uh, Steelers' offense was dominant? Chase Claypool was dominant. So, I don't understand. Is it something he's been doing in the locker room that Mike Tomlin doesn't agree with? I mean, I is think he De- Deontay Johnson's been getting more snaps than is Chase Claypool. And Deontay Johnson has the most drops in the NFL. The only wide receiver in the NFL that has double-digit drops. Could we assume that he might be banged up? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously. I mean, there has to be a reason that last week he only had 44%, played 44% of the snaps. I don't know the exact numbers from the Bills game, but it wasn't that much. I, I agree, but I mean, when you look at this, the offensive line didn't look good, but they also had a lot of injuries. They they were down. To, they had no people left at one point in the game when Chukuma Okafor Okafora came out, and they had Hawkins come in the game. They had no subs left, and then Okafor came back. But now Filer's out on injury reserve for uh, so he can't come back for at least three weeks. So that's to the least to the start of the playoffs. And now you have to have Dotson in his place, who's good. But now, are you able to run the ball like that? Are I mean, you they able have to, to try ball? against the Bengals. Like I said before, try something and find out what works. Try doing outs, jet, jet sweeps, outside runs. 
and throw it past the line of scrimmage, please. I mean, Big Ben, I, I mean, he is the, what is it, the the quickest, get the quickest know, release in the quick, NFL. Quickest release in the NFL. And I don't, is that a good thing? I mean, sometimes it's a good thing, but sometimes you want to look for downfield shots. He's throwing these balls, and they're getting like, he's throwing them when they're five yards out. They're the, five yards out. The one, the one time he did try to throw it deep, I think it was to James Washington. He threw, underthrew it by ten yards. If he throws it accurately, it's a touchdown. But ended up getting picked off. Yeah, and the Steelers had a couple of uh, turnovers on defense themselves—a pick and then a forced fumble. Uh, so they did pretty good without Joe Hayden. Hopefully, Joe Hayden's back. Steven Nelson had himself a bad game. He was very bad, and hopefully, they can turn it around. This week against the Bengals, but you will not be able to prove me otherwise that they're that they're back to being a decent team until they beat the Colts at least. Yeah, they got some tough games coming up. Let's we need to get this win against the Bengals. We're thirteen point favorites. I believe we'll get it easily. I mean, they're the worst team. They're probably the worst team in the NFL. Or I don't know. They're not worse than the Jets, but they're close. Because without Joe Burrow, they're pretty much nothing. And yes, I think the Steelers will prove that. And Steelers hopefully can get a little confidence going into their next game against the. Colts, I believe. Is yes, it is. And uh, so you were just talking about it, Ryan. One of your talk about your keys to win the game. Your first key: establish the run game and keep pounding it throughout the game. A hundred yards plus is the goal for this game. We haven't gone in a long time. In the last, I think, since week seven, the Steelers had the least amount of rush yards in the NFL. It's just not acceptable. And the second one for defense is get some sacks. Let's pressure their quarterback. Get some sacks. And get T.J. Watson sacks. He, he's been having a rough couple weeks. He had a bad week last week. Let's get him some confidence going into the Colts game as well. And uh, speaking of sacks, Steelers now have the all-time sack streak record. So that means that they have had the longest streak of having at least one sack per game as they passed the Buccaneers on the all-time list for streaks. And I believe it. What is it? Six, I believe it's sixty-nine games or something like that. Sixty-nine or seventy games. Seventy something, I believe. It might be seventy, but it's right around there. And they—that's very. Uh, it's an impressive accomplishment to a perennially good defense and a good defense as of late. But when you're missing the linebackers, they are Splane, Dupree, and Bush. It's tough to have a good offense when the Steelers' defense is built around those linebackers. Um, my keys to win for this week. Got to get the deep passes going. You have to have you have to have a longer pass than uh, than twenty yards. I think Big Ben's goal for averaging throws it's got to be around seven yards. It's it's been five yards for the past several weeks. You have to move it up. To, you have to get an improvement on that. I would like to see at least a two yard improvement, um, which is not a lot to ask for really. It's not a lot. And then my defensive goal is no more than ten points allowed. You cannot allow more than ten points to this horrible. Uh, offense without Joe Burrow, it's because it's not good. I believe ten points might be a Joe Mixon. I believe Joe Mixon is Joe Mixon's been banged up. It's a question as to whether he will start this week. So if he really doesn't start, then who do they have? They have Boyd. He's been very impressive, but who do they have to throw it to him? They have AJ Green, but who's going to throw it to him? Giovanni Bernard, but I mean. Their offensive line's banged up. Don't allow more than 10 points. That'll do it for our Pittsburgh Steelers talk. Now let's move on to our pick six picks of the week. Last week, I was one and six, while Alex was five and two. And that might put me out of the running for this year. 
Alex gives up seven games on me. But next week, we got a little something special coming, so that could give me a chance, but it's a, it's a low percentage. Alex? I, I think it's a pretty high percentage, but you now have a losing record. How can the people trust you now on these weekends? Hey, that was a bad let's week. See, let's I see if you can reclaim your... One excuse, can... though. I had to pick against you. I was down... I was down three, games, three games against you. I mean, now you're down seven, so and now you I'm really have seven. to. So you really have to now. <laughs> well, this week, I think last week I pitched against you more than this week. I think you did. Um, but hopefully you can reclaim your winning record this week. That'd be good. Uh, so let's start. Six games, Chargers and Raiders. We're starting off with the Thursday night game. I'm going to take the Raiders. I got the Chargers. Chargers coming off a good win last week, and I think they can keep it rolling over the Raiders, who have, haven't really shown much this no, they, last they, couple weeks. They've been struggling. Uh, they just fired the defensive coordinator. Uh, next one is Pats and Miami. I'm going to take Miami. I got Miami as well. This one we agree they on. They need it. Miami needs Miami it. Miami needs it. They play the Chiefs tough. They only lost by less than five. seven points. Lost five, by five points. points. Yep. Next, Bears and Vikings. I have the Bears. Bears coming off a dominating win, and hopefully they can keep it rolling. I'm going to take the Vikings at home, and they need this win as well. And I think they, they have a good running attack, and they have a uh, Kirk Cousins has been under the radar pretty good this year. 49ers in Dallas. I'll take Dallas. I got the 49ers. 49ers just haven't been good lately, though. I mean, they're out. Dallas is out. It's just a it's just a battle of who has more pride. Um, next is uh, KC in New Orleans. Drew Brees will he be back this week? Who knows? He's still banged up. Will he, I'm sure he wants to be back, but you know what? I'm going to take New Orleans just for the heck of it, and I'm up seven. I'm up seven games on you. Why not? I'll take Kansas City. When somebody picks against Kansas City, you know I'm picking Kansas City, especially when I'm down seven seven picks. Yeah, but you have to root for New Orleans, though. The Steelers fans need to root for New Orleans this week. If New Orleans beats them and the Steelers win, Steelers are back in the number one spot. That's just something. That's unbelievable to think about that. We, I mean, the we, Steelers don't deserve to be in that number one if spot. If we beat the Bengals and the Browns, then we in the in the if we, we went out, we, we went out, out and the Chiefs lose, then we get the. Bomb. If we went out and the Chiefs lose one of the next three games, we're in. Do you think we'll? Do you think we'll seed. lose another game? Do you think? Do I think we'll lose another game? No. Yes. You, who do we lose to? If we don't play better, I say Colts or Browns. Okay. We have four games left, correct? We have uh, three games left: Brown, Bengals, Colts, Browns. Those are t- those are all tough games, except for the Bengals. Bengals? Okay, except well, the Col- Bengals. I think they should beat the Colts pretty easily. Philip Rivers. I mean, I don't think he's that special. They have a decent running attack, but I think Splain will be back for that game. And then the same with it's the same bit. When is Colts, Joe Hayden coming back? Joe Hayden might be back this week. Might be back this week. But they don't they don't really need him this week. He can rest if he wants to. But don't take the Bengals too lightly though. Steelers and Bengals. We're both going to take the Steelers. Yep. Hopefully, I can. Uh, Get this one right this week. And I think, <laughs> I think a, a nice, convincing win would be the Steelers probably by what? 20? 21? By at least 21. I mean, by how much were you by last time? 26? I think it was, it was a similar score to how they beat the, uh, how they beat the Bengals. Not how they beat the Bengals, but how they beat the Browns. It was a similar score. So hopefully they'll be able to replicate that. And next week we'll be able to talk about a good, convincing Pittsburgh win and an upcoming Pittsburgh win against the Colts. But... You never know with the Steelers. That does it for the NFL talk for this week. Next up, Pitt football. 34-20 win over the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets. Ramon Rack. And uh, Vincent Davis went off. His career, his longest rushing game was 69 yards. He had 247 this week. Was he wait, what was he waiting for? 
I think it was just waiting for a bad defense. <laughs> I mean, that was that was just dominating every run. I mean, he averaged around nine yards a carry. He was very impressive. And he was powerful too. It wasn't just that he was running through open holes. He made moves. He made guys miss. He little big man. He trucked guys and carried piles to get first downs late in the game to give us the win. And he made up for Kenny Pickett's average performance. Defense played very well with the, with the absence of uh, Rashad Weaver, Hamlin, and uh, Paris Ford. All guys that are very vital to the defense who won't be returning next year. So that's another good sign for next season. And that was the game that closed out their season. They will not be participating in any bowl games. And today, um, this Wednesday, the what date is today, Ryan? Mark down the date, the 16th. Uh, let's turn it back a day to the 15th. Kenny Pickett said something very notable last night. What did he say? Surprised everybody. Everybody on the team, I feel like. His teammates, too. He is returning back for his uh, fifth year. It'll be his fourth year starting for the Pitt Panthers. And that is just big news because the biggest concern for next year's team was the quarterback situation. And now we got that figured out. And the question is, do you think anybody will transfer, Alex? Somebody asked her. They have a quarterback coming into this class. They have three backups right now, Patty, Yellen, and Bevel. One of them's gonna have to go. You can't have that much you can't have five quarterbacks on your staff. You just can't. DJ Turner closed out his college career with eighty two yards and one touchdown. Nice finish to him to cap off a very, very nice uh, senior season. Definitely. And um this class, let's talk a little more about this class. Today was signing day, so this last couple of days have been big for Pitt all around Pitt Athletics. Pitt had 20 out of 22 players signed today. And there are a lot of good players in this class. The highest ranked since recruiting class rankings came out. And there's very good Pittsburgh players too. Hometown heroes, as Pat Neruzzi likes to call it. Elliot Donald's one of them out of Central Catholic. Nakai Johnson, Stephen Hall, and Dorian Ford. They're all very good players. And I think I believe they're all on the defense. And it's, a, it's an exciting class. Um... The defense is all, they've been good. They have a good defensive coordinator as he will be back next year as it as I, we believe, right? Charlie Partridge is the very good defensive line coach and Randy Bates is the defensive coordinator. Definitely. And um, they needed some new defensive uh, defensive line depth and some more linebackers, outside linebackers after, the, after uh, Weaver and uh, Jones leaving this year. And they need, and especially in the secondary too, with Hamlin and Ford out, they need new people. And they got uh, some good safety, some good cornerbacks, and some good defensive players. And hopefully they'll be able to keep the defense up that they had in the, this year and make it even better. And then also in offense, you got to be able to make your run game more potent. Their run game was not good this year, and that's been the bread and butter for Pitt over the last several after the last decade. So there's so many options at running back and offensive line and tight end and wide receiver. The only two guys you could say for sure that will be starters, Kenny Pickett and Jordan Addison. The rest is up for grabs. There's so many good offensive linemen. There's there's a lot of running backs. So it's hard to uh, not have anybody from those linemen turn out good or anybody from those running backs turn out good. There, this is one guy I really like coming in, Newton. He's a, he kind of reminds me of Quadri Olsen. He's a big back, he's shifty, and he's fast, and he can run people over. 
Quadri, that's exactly what Quadri Olsen did. He and was phenomenal. That's what Pittsburgh missing. This guy's been getting short yardage and can break off big ones occasionally, and I think he'll be good eventually. And there's a lot. There's a lot of guys that can play for Penn and running back this year. I mean, there's Izzy, Vincent Davis, AJ Davis, Todd Sibley, Malik Newton. There's a lot of options, so I guess it's going to be a running back by committee approach again this season. And hopefully Whipple can figure out something to get. I mean, especially the red zone offense as well. We've stalled so many drives this year in the red zone. And hopefully a third-year full offseason. Hopefully no COVID interruptions or breaks so they can have a full offseason together. And hopefully Kenny Pickett can take that another step and be a Heisman candidate. <laughs> a Heisman I, candidate? I saw, I saw that reaction. I, I Over said, Sam Howell? I, I said that to get your reaction Over out. Sam Howell? I well, said that to be... get your reaction. And the schedule came out for Pitt next year, and they have some t- – they play uh, who they played home. They play Miami, uh, Clemson, and UNC. Those are the North three Carolina. toughest games on the schedule. The non-conference schedule, it, it starts out the season with non-conference, so it's we can, incredibly easy. It's incredibly what? easy. There's two. Yes, it is. There's some tough oh, yes, games. So Ooh, listen, let me go who's through. A tough game. Let me go through. Who's a tough game on there? First starts with Tennessee. They're they're kind of like FSU. They start with Tennessee. Yes, they start with Tennessee. Tennessee is a team that. Hasn't been great lately, but they have the capacity to pull off big upsets or big games like uh, Florida State. I mean, Florida State beat UNC. No one saw that coming. Uh, Then next they play UMass, I believe. UMass, I don't really know much about UMass, but... They stink. Alex, answer that question for you. And then third they uh, play... uh, New Hampshire is New Hampshire. New Hampshire, I believe. New Hampshire should be a win. Don't know much about that program either. And then fourth they play... uh, I mean, there's a lot. I mean, they play uh, Western Michigan. Western Michigan. Western Michigan isn't a bad team. They're probably one of those MAC teams that's ranked every once in a while, gets a bowl game every year, and not going to be a walkover like most teams. So that's how they'll start. That's how they'll start, and then they'll go and they'll play. Uh, then they play Duke, Georgia Tech, and they're scheduled too at some point. And those are two teams that are, they. Do, I mean, they just beat crushed. Uh, not crushed. They should beat by more. G- Virginia. Uh, Georgia Tech, and then there's Duke that's been at a horrible year, and hopefully we'll see if they turn. And around they next lost year. their quarterback, and that they'll that'll be spe- that'll be uh, filtered in throughout their schedule. But they play their three toughest games. They play at home, and God willing, we have fans here next year. That those will be uh, those will be uh, those will be some uh, those will be some spirited games and uh, good atmosphere for Pitt. And hope that's a great thing that Kenny Pickett's coming back here. It really, truly is. I was, and, I was surprised by that news. And it's something to look forward to next year, right? Because that's this will probably be the last time we mention pit football for next pro- week. Next week we will. We'll mention it next week when we have. We our, have a, we'll, we'll talk about that at the end, but we're going to be doing a couple of special shows next week. But uh, so that'll be the last time for months before we talk about pit again. But now let's talk about pit basketball. Pit basketball, a fifteen-point win tonight, Wednesday, the sixteenth against. Miami in Miami to kick off conference play. What did you see tonight, Ryan? I saw a team that wants to win. They want to do good. And now they have depth. They got Nike Sabondi's waiver. He jumped in and gives the team depth. Good defensive player. He can run the offense when needed, when X is out. I really liked how Hughley played. He had nine points. He got into foul trouble in the second half, so he didn't play as much. But he made some nice moves. He's a big. He got a lot of guys got great passes to him, and he could finish. And he went to the, got to the line. That's what he got to do. He knocked down the free throws. Justin Champagne still got ten points, 
and he only played four minutes in the first half. Koulibaly has shown stuff. He got four points. Ethiel Horton, oh, boy, did he catch fire. In the, in the second quarter. 18 points. Very yeah. impressive. He was knocking down threes. He was four from six from three. It's uh, it's crazy because the last two games he was 0 for 8, and the game before he was he started went 0 for 8, he was 5 for 10. So he just got knocked down that first one, and then he catches fire. That's what happened tonight. I think he missed two shots earlier in the game, and then he comes down, knocks down a three, and then he keeps going and going and keep knocking down shots after shot. And wow, we need we need that to continue with him, Nike, and Femi Adukali had a good game too. I mean, he came in when Johnson was in foul trouble and ran the offense. Pretty well. I mean, turnovers were an issue again, and we in foul trouble in the first half too. The, Johnson cannot get in the foul trouble like he has. Been. Every game, it's un, like it's 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 reckless. It's reckless what he's doing. And then um, he didn't have that good of a game. Seven points, and there's a problem with he had five uh, turnovers as well. To me, there's a fundamental problem with starting coolably over um, over John Hughley. I think John Hughley, pretty soon John Hughley will get that starting spot. They're bo- over I, told you, I told you this before, that John Hughley will get the starting spot. Has he not earned it over him yet? He's young, and I think Cole Ball is not a bad player. Uh, but he's consistently been under six points a game. It just makes you look at Pitt's record and say, oh, they're 5-1, who'd they lose to? St. Francis. If they win that game, they're undefeated right now. I have a lot of hype in the program. But every a lot time of hype? They, I mean... Six and zero. Anytime you're undefeated, you get a lot of hype. And when your first ACC conference game, I mean, but then every time someone thinks of the season for basketball, they just think of St. Francis and that loss. It was a bad loss. Hopefully, it was just a fluke and pick and continue to win games because St. Francis is the worst team they've played this year. Well, I, I agree with that, and that was just a, this this uh, ill prepared team by Pitt was in that game. Ill prepared, and they and they really played down to St. Francis, and St. Francis played up. And there's, um, and with all due respect, I wouldn't say that Pitt is a. There's any hype around Pitt right now, no matter if they were six and zero or not. Until you beat a ranked opponent, you have to beat a ranked opponent. Wouldn't you agree? I, I do agree with that, but I mean there'd be more excitement. Would you, would you rather me use excitement? I excitement's a better word. I appreciate you using that. It's a better word phrase. Okay, for you, Alex. Yes, and then they they well you might get that excitement pretty soon. Next Tuesday, I believe they go and they play Louisville. They they play um, next Tuesday. And they don't play till the next Tuesday again. That's against Duke, a struggling Duke team. But they they have a potential to play against these two teams when they're just getting started in the season. They're just getting their feet under them. Louisville hasn't played anybody, and they've been beating teams. And not to say they pit somebody, but if they win this game, they could be. Duke's, Duke's not a bad team. Everyone's like, oh, Duke's lost two games. Well, they lost two really, really good basketball teams. Yes. Michigan State and uh, Illinois, two great Big Ten teams, and the Big Ten is looking good for basketball this season. But you get through that, and then you got Notre Dame, a Notre Dame team that is, isn't as good as they used to be. You can win that game. And then you just got to get past Florida State. That's probably not a winnable game. That's not a winnable game. But then after that, you look at the schedule. There's a lot of winnable games. Georgia Tech, Syracuse. Then you got Duke again. But then Boston College, you can beat North Carolina. You beat two teams last two times last year. This is a different North Carolina team, though. Much different. I think the end of the schedule was games that you could win. Clemson has really improved the last couple years. Those are two tough games. If you told me right now, what's the over under on ACC wins? 
So Prepare. are you counting today's game? I'm counting today's over? game. Of course I am. That's an ACC win. I see you try to get seven or seven or eight. Seven, eight, or nine. Seven's unacceptable. You said six last year. Yeah, he did have six last year. Are there the same amount this year as well? Same amount conference games? I don't I th- I thought there was I, I thought there was more this year. I mean, if you look at it, I think they should win at least at least eight. At least eight. I think that would underwhelming if they only get eight. There's 20 ACC games. It's more than there has been uh, ever before. Nine of those games were against ranked opponents. Let's try to win some of those ranked games. Ranked opponents right now. Uh, you know how that changes throughout the year. You know how that changes throughout the year. Uh, you know with some of these teams that they're going to fall off or not. I think that they have the, they should win at least eight games. I'm hoping that they maybe get double digits this year. The defense has really improved. They've been playing really good defensively last week. I mean, last couple games, and that's a good sign because early in the year they really, really struggled on defense. Most certainly. Um, that will conclude our pit basketball talk. By the time we talk next week, they would have played Louisville next Tuesday, and hopefully we come away from talking about about a big pit win against a pretty good team in Louisville. And that will move us on to very our good team. Very, you got it. Winners and losers of the week. Um, Ryan, how about you start? First, UNC. They completely and utterly demolished number 10 ranked Miami. And that was my bold take of the week. My first bold take that was right, Ryan. Congratulations, Alex. I think you got two. I have two overall. This week, oh, well, I don't want to talk about my bold take this week. All right, Georgia. Georgia is my second winner. They are took care of business against Missouri. 49-14, Missouri was ranked uh, ranked 24, I believe, before this game. And they got obviously knocked them out of the rankings. And then third, Utah. They uh, upset a Colorado 38-21. It's a big win for that program. Whenever you beat a ranked team, it's a big win. By three scores. I mean, that's a good win for them. That's it for my winners. Alex, you can start. Thank you, Ryan. I'm going to start by uh, my first winner being Army. It has to be. I mean, it was a boring game, but to see some of our nations, uh, it really was. It was a horrible game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of those boring games. 15 nothing. There was there was two completed passes. Two completed passes in that game. I mean, how can you have a game when there's two completed passes? Army, Navy. Navy had one pass completed for nine yards. It was the last minute of the game, That's too. That's it. That's it. But to see some of the, our nation's finest people go and gather West Point for a, a game of patriotism, and it was just a, it's always a cool experience. As West Point's the first time uh, Army's beat Navy at West Point, and, and they haven't played that, that Army-Navy game there in, I believe it's over 100 years. And it's a cool sight, and... Um, it never, never gets old. And the atmosphere there was just phenomenal games before game time and during the game with the with the cadets and midshipmen there cheering on their teams. Um, and then LSU is my other winner. LSU, a, a big upset over Florida. And it all happened because Florida threw, a Florida guy threw the shoe of an LSU guy when it came off. There was a flag first down. And it was just an unfortunate, extremely unfortunate uh, comedy of errors there that led to that loss. Kyle Trask got them in field goal position, trying to help them win the game, but it still wasn't enough. And they lost the game. And they do play, Florida does play in the uh, SEC championship game this week, but still, it's just a bad loss 
for them as that gives them their second loss in the season. And now my final winner is the Colts. Colts, big winners over the Raiders, causing the Raiders to have to fire their defensive coordinator as they won by the big score of 44-27 on the back of Jonathan Taylor, who had 150 rushing yards for two touchdowns. Ryan, you're losers. First loser, the Patriots, 24-3 loss to the Rams. That was just a bad game. Their offense has been terrible, just completely terrible. I don't know what's going to happen to Cam Newton after this season, but we'll see. Second loser, New Orleans, they lost to the Eagles. The Eagles of all teams. Eagles are quarterback. Terrible this year. And maybe Jalen Hurts is the answer for the Eagles. Maybe. Third loser is the Raiders. They got, as Alex stated before, they got crushed by the Colts. Just been playing terrible this week or this last couple weeks. That's why I picked against them this week. Hopefully they can do the same thing. Stink. Yep. <laughs> uh, my first loser, as I already previously mentioned, has to be Florida. Florida, just a bad, bad loss, and it was their fault. It was completely their fault. Throw the guy's shoe. How can you throw the guy's shoe and know that you're not going to get a penalty? I think that's okay. How can you do that? I mean, that's undisciplined behavior, and I'm sure uh, their coach, Dan Mullins, was extremely upset with that. I'm sure they'll have a conversation about that this week. And I'm sure that will motivate them to come into this game against Alabama, which I think is going to be closer than they make it out to be, with Kyle Trask as their quarterback, who, in my opinion, has done enough to be the Heisman winner this season. My second uh, loser is the New York football Giants. An embarrassing loss to the Cardinals in the game that they needed to win. Daniel Jones twisted his, uh, I don't know if he twisted his ankle, but he has an ankle problem. He might not play this week. Colt McCoy have to go, might have to go back in, and they won with Colt McCoy against Seattle. Maybe they need a, I don't know what the problem is with Daniel Jones this week. There was a problem, and the whole team was, a, was bad. They lost 26-7, to and they're, they're, Chances at winning the division are starting to slip away as Washington has been continuing to play some good football over the past couple weeks. And uh, my final loser is Auburn. Auburn just fired their head coach, Gus Malazadon, after uh, with five years left on his contract. Listen to this, Ryan. He had five years left on his contract, and they had to buy him out for $20 million. $20 million they bought him out for. And so he gets to go sit on his couch for the rest of the year and look at it, look at his bank account. And it's unbelievable what these SEC teams do. Now they have to hire a new coach, a new coaching staff. That's going to cost upwards of $40 million to do this whole switcheroo because they have to buy out his staff too. That's an insane amount of money. But those SEC teams do it. And Gus Malazan has not been bad in his seven years, that he, in eight years that he's been there. But they just got impatient. And that's what they do in the SEC. I'm going to start off with a bold take. My, my bold take for the week is Oregon upsets USC. USC is ranked number 12. I think Oregon walks in there. It's a big win because USC, they still have a shot to make the college football playoff. I've been impressed by USC, though. I think they, they've had a pretty decent season so far. I think far. Oregon's a good team, though, and I think Oregon will get this win. We'll see. I'm going to take Boise State to upset San Jose State in their, uh, I believe it's their, what would, you, what would you call that? Is that the Rocky Mountain the Rocky Mountain West division game that they play this uh, this Saturday. And Boise State always has the knack for an upset. Yeah, it's the Mountain West Championship game. Mountain West Championship game. And I'm going to bank on uh, Boise State getting the upset. And so we did, We previously alluded to it. And next week 
uh, the day before, we will be doing our broadcast next Wednesday, last one for, and then we'll have a, a two week break and we'll come back the, the first week of January. And um, so next week we're going to do a couple different things. We're going to do, I believe we're going to do probably three to four sh- short shows recapping 15, the, about, 15, minute about 15 to 20 minute episodes on individual teams. Maybe we'll do one grouping pin athletics and maybe uh, we'll do probably one for uh, the Steelers. And one then, as the NFL and NCAA combined. Yes. Probably. And then one for the Penguins and uh, the Pirates. Spending more time than the Penguins, obviously, because we don't want to bore you with the Pirates. But we're going to do that next week, and we're going to recap the year in sports for these teams. We'll do our winners and losers on each of these for each of these teams and leagues for the season. And it's going to be a good time. a Christmas special. A Christmas special. And it's going to be a pleasure to do it, as it was this week with you again, Ryan. Another good week, Alex. It was. Thank you all for listening. Uh, This is Steel City Sports Talk. Follow us on all our social medias, Instagram and Twitter, all at Steel City Sports Talk. And remember, we are your one-stop podcast for everything Pittsburgh sports.